In Spring Branch, we speak more than 145 different languages, and that diversity translates into a thriving economy. Our district's a melting pot. It's a great place to find the staff you need. Spring Branch is working for business. Yours. Find out more at spmda.org. Hi, and welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate. The dirt, the deals, the people, the places, it's all here. I'm Rebecca Schutz, housing reporter at The Chronicle, and I'm here today with Hannah Mannion. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I wanted to invite you to come talk to us today because you're heading up an effort to solve this huge issue involving vouchers. And these vouchers allow more than 5 million people throughout the nation to afford rent. They're sometimes called housing choice vouchers or Section 8 vouchers. And they're supposed to give low-income families the freedom to choose where they live, a decision that research shows can shape their quality of life. But in reality, a lot of landlords aren't interested in jumping through all the hoops of participating in this federal program. Hannah, could you tell us a little bit about NestQuest and how it's setting out to change that? Yeah, absolutely, Rebecca. Um, Our program has been specifically designed as a solution for this problem to help families who receive a voucher, who have a Section 8 voucher, utilize that in great neighborhoods with great schools. How the voucher works is the renter pays up to 30% of their income and the government pays a subsidy for the rest of it. What are some of the barriers or some of the challenges landlords see with this? For a landlord who owns a single family home and wanted to rent that property to a voucher holder, they would need to undertake um, an inspection process by the housing authority. It's actually over 35 page document providing key information with regards to the property's age, the sizing, the square footage, how many bedrooms and comparable pricing as well. So for a landlord, that maybe that first barrier is the additional documentation. I think the biggest barrier um, truly for a landlord is a delay in a process and a delay in a payment. If, for example, a landlord wanted to lease their home to a voucher holder and they moved in on the 1st of July, typically a private tenant would need to make that rent payment from the 1st of July, if not prior to moving in. Now, for a voucher holder to move into that property, a landlord would be estimated to wait from 60 to 90 days to receive that first payment because the inspections and the contract approvals through the housing authority would have a delay on that process. You know, it sounds like one barrier is just all the paperwork and like this sort of process they might not be familiar with. You're going to go a month, maybe two months without payment, which is... Unheard of. Yeah, it's unheard of. So you fill in that gap you help them get that money right away. You help take care of the payment. And then the other thing that comes to mind is just like this crazy rental market. I'm sure there's a cap as to how much rent is like acceptable in this program, right? We're actually at the moment seeing such a gap between what that voucher is and what the current market rate is. So this morning alone, we're looking for a three-bedroom apartment within the Cypher ISD area And the voucher is under the average within the market across at least 25 different properties by over $200, sometimes up to $500 to really access a home that is suitable for that family's needs. Now, NestQuest 
works with our funders, with founders across different foundations and different corporate organisations who are supporting NestQuest to close that gap per family at an average of between $250 to $500 a month. So we do see a huge gap. Yeah, we really are. See, well, we've seen that widen. I would definitely you know, want to amplify that, that, that the market rate has gone up where the voucher rate hasn't gone up. And would it be possible to pull up what that number is? Yeah. Let me get these numbers. So it's actually different by zip code, how much they'll pay. Oh, yeah. So if I'm comparing right now, so as of this week, are we ready? Yes. Because I'll tell you the gap as well. Okay. So as of this week, in an A1 zip code, which encompasses HISD and Sci-Fair ISD and parts of Spring Branch ISD, a three-bedroom voucher is averaging $1,978 a month. Okay. What does A1 mean? A1 is the specific zip code group. So it's just a group of zip codes in SciFair and HISC. Okay. That's determined by the housing authority. That's their tier. Their A1 tier. So we go from um, the 77002, um, 77010. Probably the biggest ones are um, 77041. 77070 and 77, 94 and 98. And does A1 refer to quality in any way or is it just like an arbitrary group? I will leave that for you to... Okay, um, okay, okay. So there's they have a group that they call A1 and the rents for yeah. a three-bedroom that they'll pay for with a voucher is 1900 you said? So for a three-bedroom voucher in an A1 zip code, their vouchers are averaging, and this is across 150 vouchers, $1,978. Now, across 150 properties, our average three bedroom within those zip codes is 2,081. So that's a difference of $103. That's where it's missing it in those zip codes. Now, as we go through into an A2, the difference is 108, and it goes all the way up to $355 of a gap between certain zip codes, certain bedroom sizes, and what their allocation and what they will actually pay to cover for a family. What the average is for like a home of that size and that zip code and what the average is for what they're paying for, which means that when we're talking about the solution, giving families more choice with these housing vouchers, one is like taking care of some of the landlord's headaches in terms of paperwork and this delay in payment, but the other thing is just paying the landlord what someone else would pay that landlord. Correct. Absolutely. Because for a landlord, it is illogical for them. It's not a sensible business decision for them, truly, to go down this public housing route because it is not going to meet them where the market is currently. It's not going to pay them at, the, at a rate and at a time and um, that is suitable and necessary for them. So I can see from a landlord's perspective in the private market why they would go down the route of a private tenant. Whilst we would then want to turn to them and say, well, you actually have the guarantee. And throughout COVID, not one of our families left their home. Not one of our families was evicted. Nobody missed a payment. On the first of every single month throughout 2020, 2021 and 2022, it is truly a very beneficial program for a landlord and for a family. I just want to unpack a few of these things. One is we sort of talked about families. Your program in particular 
focuses on families with school-aged children. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? We ensure every school-aged child from, well, even from pre-K, but from specifically from kindergarten all the way through to the 12th grade, um, that their home is zoned to what we determine is a high-performing public school. And um, We do this in partnership with children at risk, ensuring that it's a very non-partisan approach to how the school is ranked. We look into not only the school ranking, the rankings and the grades um, with regards to ACT and SATs, etc., but really looking at the teacher-to-student ratio, the diversity within the school, the different diagnosticians that are available for students, and other extracurricular requirements that families have. Working closely with children at risk has really helped us to highlight great schools and help voucher holders relocate from failing school districts and failing schools that aren't supporting their child into schools that are helping them achieve more than they could have dreamt. And they're in AP classes and their attendance is up and their GPA is up. And we've got the support in place for them and for the parent too. Do you track that, right? Part of the reason for Nest Quest was to help children through giving them access to education, right? By choosing where they live. Oh, absolutely. So I feel like you've sort of like outlined some of the things that make this worth it for the landlords and for the tenants. And you mentioned the pandemic and I think the pandemic really sort of highlights some of the guarantees you give to both sides. Can you talk about when the, when the pandemic hit, so many people were losing their jobs. A lot of people were moving out of apartments. A lot of people, because they had lost their jobs, could not make their rent payment. Landlords were like, had these monthly debt payments that they were having a hard time making. What did this look like for units that NestQuest was working with? NestQuest stepped in. We were able to cover the tenant portion. We were able also to provide food to all of our families on a monthly basis to ensure that any loss of income had been supported through our family emergency assistance program, our assistance fund. Um, so our families were ensured that they were stable. They had the peace of mind knowing I am okay, I will be in a safe space with my family. Our property owners and our landlords were confident in knowing that Nesquest was there and was, was that intermediary party and was able to make those payments. Just as a note to potential renters or landlords, y'all work exclusively with apartments, not single family homes. At this time, we're working with apartments and townhomes. We have leased single family homes in the past for our larger families. There is a requirement with regards to maintenance on single family homes and there being active participation with regards to maintenance. We do have very high inspection requirements, just like the housing authority do. But with the right opportunity for the right family, it's definitely something that we would look into. That makes sense. How many families are you working with now? And also, you're looking at an expansion. Where are you now? Where are you trying to go? So the last time we spoke, um, I think we were around the 40 mark. We have, as of today, we have 53 families housed. Um, It's over 260 individuals. There is a very high demand. We have hundreds of applicants a month at the moment who receive housing vouchers um, with school-aged children who are ready to make that move and are in need of our assistance. We have estimates that there are approximately 1,500 families a year that would qualify for our programme and that do need our assistance who you know, want to 
access and have the choice in where they access using their voucher. We have dreams of supporting at least 300 families on a monthly basis. You said there are hundreds of people asking right now? Yes. In May, we had 112 applicants. That's 112 individual households with a housing choice voucher in need of our assistance. I would say at least 25% of the people who apply to us each month ultimately do find their own place. We do see some families who go to join the programme and would prefer not to have quarterly inspections and don't want the case management side and the wraparound services that NestQuest provides. Our programme is very hands-on. It's a holistic approach. And I would also say that some of the families, actually, we're seeing a number of families port out of Houston. They've received a voucher and are then utilising it to move out of state or move into other cities. So we do see a number of those in our applications. Our biggest thing is absolutely funding and expanding our internal team um, and expanding our level of service and the number of people that we can accommodate. Well, I'm wishing y'all and the families all the best. I think it just goes to underscore like the needs a lot of people are seeing for like help finding a place where they can use their vouchers. And this caught my interest. I always hear about this problem and I've never heard of this solution. And here it is in Houston in our backyard. But it's a problem across the country. And I was just like, oh, this seems to make a lot of sense. It seems to be working. So aside from your expansion, you know, are you, what are you hearing from people in other cities? You know, do you think this will catch on elsewhere? Absolutely. Uh, we know it's go- it's about to catch on elsewhere. We have 12 other public housing authorities across the country reaching out to us um, with the plan over the next, you know, one to two years of our program being expanded into other cities. We're seeing this across California, Georgia, um, Illinois, Indiana, North Charlotte, you know, we've had families in Greater Charlotte, you know, all across North Carolina and those housing authorities reach out to us. Um, we're see- we've had an exceptional number of families from Omaha, Nebraska apply because they're not having, they're not having the access to properties that they need in those regions. I didn't realize y'all were thinking about expanding. I thought my, maybe you're talking to other groups that were thinking of forming. Okay. Well, that's all very exciting. We've had organisations who are doing similar things and we see some public housing authorities working on internal initiatives. But there is a certain degree and a certain level as to where that public dollar is restricted to how much that they can provide to a family. So the very hands-on and holistic approach that we have must be supported by private funding and additional, you know, foundations and grants. Okay. So watch this space, Rebecca, because okay. we could not just be NestQuest Houston, it should be NestQuest. We have so many families on the quest for the Nest. And that is truly what we want to provide is not just a house or a space or public housing, it's their home. And that helps across every member of that family, everyone in that home with regard to multiple social determinants of health, with regards to housing, education, physical and mental health, um, accessing healthcare, having financial stability, accessing employment. Um, we're proud of our 100% graduation rate and we are so proud of all of our NASCAR students. Um, they are very dedicated, as are their parents. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for your time, Rebecca. Thank you. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. 
If you ever want to send an idea for a podcast or just say hi, you can reach out on Facebook or Twitter. I'm at R A Shoots. That's R A S C H U E T Z. And on our show notes, if you go to HoustonChronicle.com slash looped in, we'll have a link to our story on NestQuest. Thanks to our print editor, Lily Thomas. Scott Kingsley is our producer. Thanks to Farrell Gibbs and his band, All the Kimonos, for the theme music. Until next time.